Hello everyone, welcome to Narcissism Recovery Podcast, produced by the Magnolia Healing Center. I'm your host, Yitz Epstein. In this podcast, we will be delving into topics related to narcissistic abuse, codependency, childhood wounds, childhood trauma, mental illness, and all things narcissism. The purpose of this podcast is to bring widespread awareness and healing to the global epidemic of narcissism and codependency. It is my hopes that with this podcast, we can collectively create an environment of health and healing for you, the individual, and for the world at large. Let's begin. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. Today, we're going to be discussing overcoming guilt consciousness. Guilt is one of those emotions that many of us are influenced by. Most of the time, we are not aware of the power of guilt in our lives in the way that it operates in our day-to-day. Now, while there are many negative emotions that have the potential to derail us from living our most ideal life, today I want to focus on guilt and how to overcome it so that we can assure that it does not get in the way of our ability to be happy, to pursue our highest self, to pursue growth, and live a life of peace. So before we begin, I want to suggest a really fantastic book. This book is Goodbye to Guilt, Releasing Fear Through Forgiveness by Gerald G. Jampolsky, M.D., so this episode is going to be heavy, heavily influenced by this book, Goodbye to Guilt, that has really opened my eyes and my mind to the way that guilt operates and how it works, and it offers very many practical tips on how to defeat guilt in a very tangible and uh, practical manner. So I'm going to share the link to purchase this big book in the uh, description section below, and I highly suggest you check it out. So firstly, in order to overcome living with guilt or a guilt consciousness, we want to take a look at the very nature of guilt and the role that it plays in our life. Firstly, guilt, while obviously an uncomfortable feeling and a feeling we don't necessarily want to feel, it has a function and there is a healthy amount of guilt. In essence, guilt is a feeling that communicates to us that we are living outside of alignment with our authenticity, with our better judgment and our highest self. You could say that guilt is like uh, bumpers on a bowling alley that can we can use to guide us back towards the metaphorical bowling pins of our higher self. Now, guilt is a feeling that usually has a guilt-based narrative associated with it. You could say that guilt has a story that gives it context, uh, a guilt-based programming. So people who struggle with guilt usually have thoughts that are also accompanying that guilt that are guilt-based. Thoughts such as, you should be doing this or that, uh, thoughts that let's say compare ourselves to others and uh, assure that we're not enough, uh, thoughts that criticize us for not doing enough, thoughts of blame. Now, while the painful feelings of guilt are very often the thing we're trying to avoid, more often than not, it's actually the negative, critical, guilt-based narrative that we are trying to avoid because this narrative is usually uh, attacking our self-esteem, our self-worth, and this is what we're trying to protect ourselves from having a lower self-esteem or lower self-worth. Now, when we are raised in a family system that is in guilt consciousness. When we are surrounded by people growing up who use guilt and shame to discipline and control, we will have what is known as toxic guilt and toxic shame. And this is where there's an excessive amount of guilt and shame, and it does not allow us to use these negative emotions in a healthy manner, which essentially in a healthy way would be to direct our behavior from harmful and hurtful actions of ourselves and others and uh, guide us towards uh, taking more high conscious actions, healthier uh, actions. So instead of, in this instance of, let's say, toxic shame and guilt uh, being, being used in a healthy way, because there's a disproportionate amount of these painful emotions, 
and we end up feeling incredible guilt and shame for even doing small things or small mistakes, and we end up criticizing ourselves for shortcomings or small mishaps. Now, because excessive guilt or toxic guilt is something we try to avoid at all costs, in an attempt to defend against toxic guilt, we're often going to try to avoid all guilt altogether, even a healthy amount of guilt. We're just going to want to disconnect from it entirely. Now, the issue is with this is that in order to avoid guilt altogether, we would need to avoid ourselves or facing ourselves or uh, accountability. And accountability really is the ability to look at ourselves, look at ourselves in the mirror, and identify how our actions are leading to undesirable outcomes. So when there is toxic guilt that is left over from, let's say, abuse or trauma, then we're not going to want to hold ourselves accountable because we're not going to want to self-reflect. And uh, by, by not looking at ourselves, by not reflecting and, and taking a look at ways in which we show up to life, uh, which with, this would be a very uncomfortable experience because it wouldn't just activate guilt, it would activate all that toxic uh, guilt and, and we would uh, ultimately try to disconnect from ourselves completely. So in essence, this is where the root and the basis of escaping ourselves, because if we were to hang out with ourselves or face ourselves, we would be forced to, to face the, the guilt and the shame left over from childhood. So according to Gerald Chambosky, uh, MD, in his book, Goodbye to Guilt, he says that guilt is very heavily tied up with the ego. He says it's very much rooted in ego. He says that the ego gets fueled by guilt. You could say that it's the oxygen of the ego. The ego needs guilt to survive. So when we are being critical, judgy, comparing ourselves to others or labeling or blaming, we are engaging in the narrative of the ego. This is sort of the, the ego's natural way of being. You could say that we are identifying with the ego's thought stream as our own. So the ego is always on the lookout for ways in which it can call itself a victim. And especially when it feels guilt, it's going to look to condemn and vilify anyone who makes it feel guilty. So the ego, in an attempt to self-preserve, will want to search and find anyone who uh, is guilty in order to, again, condemn uh, and ultimately shirk responsibility and shirk itself from experiencing and feeling the guilt. And it's always thinking in terms of who is right and uh, who is wrong, right? Very much black and white thinking and very much judgmental. So in other words, there is very little grace, forgiveness, compassion, and room for understanding when it comes to the ego. The ego speaks the language of black and white thinking, like I said, criticism, shaming, guilting, judging, defensiveness. So when we are identifying with the ego and the ego's thought streams as our own, we tend to lean on these ways of being as a natural consequence of doing that. In addition, the ego gets sort of a kickback uh, by holding on to guilt, a sort of a sneaky secondary gain. And while the ego, or when the ego feels guilt, it essentially is going to feel victimized. And instead of learning from its guilt and self-correcting or, or using it as, as feedback, the ego looks for a perpetrator to blame and ultimately to play the victim. So the, re the reason the ego does this is because by playing the victim, the ego doesn't will assure that it doesn't have to change and that it can stay stuck. And by staying stuck, it won't have to be vulnerable. It doesn't have to take accountability. Uh, or be in the unknown in the present moment, all of which would ca cause the ego to feel diminished. So it's in essence trying to self-preserve and by avoiding all these uh, accountabilities or by being, being present or being vulnerable, it's able to protect itself from, from doing that. So let's discuss some practical ways in which we can deal with guilt so that we can shift out of guilt-based consciousness. Firstly, according to Gerald Jambowski in Goodbye to Guilt, he says that the antidote to guilt is compassion and forgiveness. These qualities cannot exist around guilt, criticism, and judgments. They, in essence, repel each other naturally. So you cannot think a, a critical or judgmental thought and also think compassionate and forgiving thoughts at the same time. 
So when we choose our thoughts and we choose thoughts of compassion and forgiveness, we automatically are going to repel any ability to judge and criticize. And this is both of ourselves and other people. So what we want to do is we want to choose thoughts of compassion and forgiveness of ourselves and, and anyone who has hurt us in the past. And this allows us to maintain our inner state of peace and calmness, which also protects us from attack and judgment-based thoughts of the ego. In addition, we want to see and let go of the ego's payoff of feeling guilty and living in guilt. And when we realize that the short-term benefits, the hit or the, the secondary gains of playing the victim, uh, that the ego clings to, victim, uh, to, to guilt as a result of, they're just not worth it. And it'll never lead us to a life of fulfillment, confidence, empowerment, and, and peace. We also want to use guilt as a motivator to get better and to do better instead of using guilt to find proof that we are worthless and incapable. We want to see, let's say, shame and guilt as necessary feedback, as information about what we are doing that might be out of alignment with our highest interests, our highest self. Now, here's the thing. If we are in possession of toxic shame and guilt, then what we're going to have is an excess of it. So you can say we'll have way too much of it for us to allow it to be used as feedback. So in this instance, we need to first work through the layers of unresolved shame and guilt that we often are running away from, denying, and hiding from. We, in essence, need to bring it to the light. We need to face it. We need to process it. And we need to, to, to let it go. And this is done practically by holding space for these negative emotions, so feeling the feelings, and being fully present in the moment with them. Uh, this includes observing these emotions with compassion, giving it the safety and permission to express itself. And eventually by doing this, the excess shame and guilt will be one by one, one emotion at a time flushed out. And when this is the case, we're not going to be guilt or shame based, and we will have a healthier and more appropriate relationship to guilt. Uh, at this point, we're then going to be able to use these emotions for, uh, for the function in which they were designed to do, which is essentially, like I mentioned earlier, keep us in alignment with our highest self. So instead of defending against guilt and shame and ultimately keeping it stuck, if we are to pivot and, and simply accept it and see it as a messenger that needs our attention to, to focus on and we give it the attention uh, and we listen to the message, which is usually, usually something about what we need to do to heal un unresolved past or unhealed wounds uh, or meet unmet needs of our, let's say, child within. It's so important to challenge the narratives that accompany shame and guilt. The, 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 the shame and guilt-based storylines or, or contexts. So when guilt, shaming, blaming, and judging attitudes show up in the form of critical and bullying, a bullying voice, we want to face that voice and we want to observe it with curiosity. All right, we don't want to become the voice, we don't want to fight it, but we definitely want to challenge it and not in a combative way, but as we would approach, let's say, a hurt friend who needs compassion and understanding. And when we do this, essentially we disarm the negativity because we are meeting it with a much more powerful force, which is that of unconditional love. So when we approach pain, judgments, and negativity with love and with compassion and with forgiveness, we immediately transmute all of those negative emotions into higher states of consciousness, which include peace, joy, and happiness. So to conclude, just because we feel guilty doesn't mean that we've done something worthy of that guilt. And very often, we're, we're holding on to guilt, especially if we're raised in a toxic home that was given to us. So we're not even aware in the way that guilt has been internalized and the way it rules our life. And uh, especially, again, if we were raised in guilt-based consciousness, all we really know is the language of fear, guilt, shame, things like that. So in these instances, we allow ourselves to be heavily influenced by the feelings and narratives that accompany guilt, and therefore we're, we're not free from it. We're not really at peace with ourselves. So if we do pay close attention, we may notice ways in which we attack ourselves or other people, even in our head. Uh, we criticize, judge, control, manipulate. We get defensive, all in an attempt to avoid being present and intimate with our guilt. 
So when, however, we meet our guilt with that present moment awareness, with compassion, with forgiveness, we turn it into positive emotions. So when we show up to our guilt with authenticity, which includes that compassion and forgiveness, it ceases to have power over us. It ceases to control us. And when we let go of the condemning attitudes, essentially we set ourselves free to be vulnerable and transparent with ourselves and others. And this allows love to flow. And as a result of that, our life begins to have a rhythm to it. And we're no longer interrupted by the negative emotions and the negative thought forms that really interrupt our ability to live our best life, live our most peaceful life, a life that aligns with our highest self and allows us to grow to our full potential. Thank you all so very much for joining me for today's episode. Until next time, all the best. Mm -hmm.